Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. Today, we are talking to Nicole, and Nicole actually reached out about a few things. Imposter syndrome seems like the first one that came up for you, which is, I love talking about this. It's like Mm -hmm. such an interesting topic. Um, Worthiness professionally as well in relationships, right? Which imposter syndrome goes hand in hand with. Um, And she said, I'm just going to read this part because I love it. I feel like all I do is the work but I don't have opportunities to practice or be in an environment that will actually challenge me. Hmm. And I feel like that actually puts words to something that I hear quite a lot. And so I'm I'm glad that you brought it to us, but why don't you give us a little bit of more color around kind of your specific, like's going on for you right now? So I think what's specifically coming up for me right now is um, I'm about to turn 40 and um, it's, you know, this time of year, I usually, go into this deep depression of like, Oh, it's another, you know, I have a little bit of trauma with around my birthday and acknowledging it and what to do, but it's just a huge transition year too. Mm -hmm. So, and I know that's not just for me, it's globally, people are in this, and it doesn't matter if you're graduating college or if you're um, in your forties or your kids are empty nesting or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, And so I know I'm not alone in this transition, but so I've always been hustling. Um, I've always had two or three jobs just to um, basically survive. Nothing that I've ever really had passion for. Um, I went, I have a graduate degree, um, quite a few certificates. I keep going back to school. I keep, I love learning. I love, Mm. um, but I, I think that that's going to make me happy and content with where I'm at. Um, So that being said, I had a pandemic baby last year and started a business and I'm really excited about it. Uh, I can't wait to actually do that type of work instead of what I'm actually doing. But that imposter syndrome, especially this time of year where I'm getting another year older and Mm -hmm. I just don't feel qualified to be able to give people what they need and also satisfy my needs. Um, So it's just this little pickle that I, this dance that I have with myself of, yes, I'm excited. I want to do this. Um, This is what I'm meant to do versus am I worthy enough to do it? Who's going to listen to me? How are they going to trust me? Um, And I, I am doing the work. I've been in therapy for, I don't know, 20 years, maybe even a little bit longer. Um, I am in a, a job that I don't like. Um, it hasn't been serving me. It's an expired relationship, um, but I don't know how I'm going to be in another, in another position. Um, I don't know if all of these years of therapy are going to help me move on. Same as moving into a personal relationship with another um, person. Um, I'm consistently single. Um, so those little tidbits that I do partner with somebody, um, I feel like I've grown since the previous relationship. Um, but I do want kids and it's something that I, um, I, 
feel like I'm getting impatient with too, in terms of trying to find somebody that I can do that with and build a life with. I just had a clarifying question, Nicole. Did you say something about a COVID baby or did I just completely? I called it my business, my pandemic baby. Okay. I'm sorry. I was was like, wait a minute. I thought you said something about it. I got it. Okay. (laughs) Got it. You know, I have to, I have to first, what's coming up for me is first to put words to maybe not commend isn't the right word, but let's say put words to the fact that you so clearly said Mm. slash no, that whatever this business is that you've started feels right for you. Mm. And it feels like what you're meant to be doing. So the reason why I want to go back to that is because in all of the information you gave that almost felt like a fleeting or like something that just was one of a million points that you gave. And I actually think it's worthy of stopping on um, because so often we can get caught up in like the work, the work, the work, the work. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. Like you just said that you're like this perpetual student and you're always like, what do I want to do? It's like, but you also started this thing that is filling you up. So can we like recognize that before we just continue on with the rest, right? Yeah. Yes, we can. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I want to put words to, there's so much about everything you said, Nicole, that not only do I relate to, but that so often is like the dynamic with so many of my, I'm going to say female clients, especially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this is societal patriarchal conditioning, right? Which is a little bit of don't be so sure of yourself. Don't be so um, grounded in like what you know you want. Don't be too big and boisterous and powerful in this world, right? Um, And here's why I love that you're turning 40. Oprah talks about this a lot, but I'm 42. And I will say there is something alchemical that happens at 40 that is just a little bit of you becoming the person that you know you should have been all along. A little bit less of like an apologizing for myself, a little bit less um, discomfort in my skin. And I think that it's really powerful that this business that, you know, Vanessa's speaking to you feeling just the sense of like, I know this is true for me is when this is coming to fruition, right? Mm Because it's like, now maybe I'm ready. (laughs) Maybe I'm ready to step into my power in this way. And I think, you know, what you were saying about like, I have all these degrees, I have all this knowledge, I have all this study, um, I think is what imposter syndrome sort of like tangibly, like that's what that looks like. Like one more degree and then I'll be worthy. One more letter behind my name and then people Mm -hmm. will feel like I'm enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's one of those places where we can't sort of feel it until we're in the felt experience of doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I will say one thing that I am excited about turning 40 is I, I think I have reached that point where I feel that I have enough education, but lived experience Mm -hmm. for people to, um, to want to learn from me where I can, I can also be a mentor. Um, and I think that was a big pivotal point for me to under, to realize, like, I I've always felt like no matter what, and I think we do hear this a lot more too, as women is you're not old enough or, Oh, you're just a baby or, you know, you're too young for this. And I catch myself saying like, Oh, you're probably too young. And I like slap myself on the wrist because I'm like, I hate it when people say that to me because 
it doesn't matter how old we are, the amount of lived experience that we have could make up for all of that. Absolutely. I think it's such mixed messages from society. Mm -hmm. Like on the one hand, we celebrate youth and we should all be fighting against this natural train that we're all headed on in one direction. And on the other hand, it's like, you know, um, you're, you're too young and inexperienced and lacking in wisdom to be able to step into the truth of what has been there, if we're honest all along. But um, I think there's like a you know, as we age, as women, especially, I just think there's less of a, like, a willingness to buy into that nonsense. <laughs> it's yeah, like, like a less of a tolerance for it. almost. Yeah. Right? And, and there's like, and here's what I will say about the imposter syndrome, because I can totally relate with that. And I, I've, you know, I spent the first part of my career in my life, 10 years plus in corporate climbing the ladder, doing the jobs that like, in one hand were fun and I liked and I liked the people on the other hand, it made me want to like, you know, throw myself off a bridge sometimes. I hated it so much. And even now I still have these feelings of imposter syndrome, but the difference is as I've aged, I'm less likely to allow those feelings to keep me stuck and not doing, mm-hmm. not moving forward. Um, then just kind of acknowledge them with compassion um, put words to maybe where they're coming from, especially if it's like a societal thing and then do the thing anyway, because whether it's, I don't know, asking for your needs to be met in a relationship or whether it's showing up in a career and owning what, you know, you can own, um, it's, it all comes down to the same thing, which is like, you gotta do it in order to prove to your nervous system that you can do it and survive it. Right. Um, it's a little bit of that dance of like one step forward, two back, one forward, two back. And, and without that, I don't know that there can be that felt sense of like, actually, I'm really fucking good at this. Like, actually, I know what I'm talking about. Um, Cause I don't think we can get that in books. Right. Yeah. You did say something that I thought was interesting because it, you said how you feel like you're not being put in the spaces of mm. getting that practice. Right. So I also want to pull that into the room because I actually would challenge you that you're probably getting that opportunity in this world of work. But I understand also, because I I have felt this way before too, it's like I'm learning all of this stuff relationally and I don't know that I'm actually being put in situations where I can put it into practice. And so I guess just maybe like tell me a little bit more, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think um, some part of it is almost like, you know, I'm going to say working in the corporate world right now is half like gaslighting in a professional setting of, I went to school for this and I learned to do things this way. I, you know, did all of these certificates and to be a better person and to bring these things into, you know, my division or whatever. But when leadership says, oh no, we can't, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, well, um, am I wrong? Did I understand that inappropriately? Or am I, did I, am I dumb? You know, like that's the part where like the imposter syndrome really hits me is like, you know, did I misinterpret that as I was le- learning it? Is this the real world or is this a bad leader? Hmm. Right? Those of you guys who can't see me, I'm making an eyebrow raise like mm, face right now. Like, I kind of think that sometimes we have to just start trusting in ourselves, you know, like I don't care what you do for a living. I think everybody can collectively say that our corporate environment in this country, at least I'll just speak to this country is fucked up. (laughs) 
can we just like say it for what it is? Like it is fucked up. It's toxic, right? There's a lot of gaslighting. There's a lot of. Could you please stop sugarcoating what you're saying? (laughs) Fucking say it like it is, right? Like, and this is coming also from a lot of experience myself. Like, I I could not shake my head hard enough in, Mm. in like feeling into what you're saying. And I think we have to remind ourselves that the fucked upness couldn't continue Mm. unless the people at the top perpetually made sure that we did not trust in ourselves. Right. And, and here's the thing. I don't blame them because they're just a byproduct of the same system and they came up the same way that we came up. Right. But I do think there's a generational shift that we're seeing happen in so much of corporate America mm-hmm. of people like us who are the kind of seekers who are tapping into this inner wisdom and going, I call bullshit on this. This doesn't feel right in my body. Like what you're saying isn't aligning to what I know, not know logically, but just know. Right. And so there's so much of me, like I'm so worked up about it. Cause obviously clearly you, you can just see that like, this is a, this is a very passionate kind of topic for me too. Having felt it, you know, you have that knowing, don't let them tell you otherwise. Honestly. And I, I think that's always true of gaslighting though. Right. If we're honest, right. I think whenever no what, we are being gaslit in whatever <laughs> yeah. capacity in our lives, yeah. we are aware yeah. of like this, what this person is saying is not in alignment with what I know to be true. And I don't know the details of your work environment, Nicole, but I will tell you, I could see and feel on a visceral level, as you said, um, or is this bad leadership? Both Vanessa and I had such a, uh-huh, like <laughs> that is your knowing mm-hmm. that is your wisdom trust in that. I don't know the details, but I know, you know, for sure. And this isn't to like, you know, play the victim. This isn't to like bypass owning the shit that you need to own. Right. Like, I don't think that's what we're saying here. And I just wanted to say that out loud. Cause I think maybe that could be misinterpreted that way by somebody listening. Like, that's not what we're saying, but I think, you know, better than anybody because you're in it and you've got to trust your gut. And so many of us, especially women, it's been kind of indoctrinated out of us to trust our gut, right? So that we stay quiet and we continue to do what we're told to do. And yeah, I think your age actually has a lot to do with the part that, that it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not willing to play that, that mm. role anymore. You know? Yeah, I do. Um, I do give my cre- myself credit for the amount of work that I've done on myself. Yeah. And, you know, just in general, I, there was a time in my life during the recession where Um, I was pretty much homeless. Um, I had a roof over my head, but I didn't have a home. And so this whole, like, when it, when it comes to your job and your livelihood, you know, the things that I've worked so hard over the last, you know, 15 years to have a roof over my head, um, and to choose between being in a toxic environment Mm -hmm. or my mental health, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's hard. It's a really hard, um, position to be in, um, but I know that, you know, I'm easily able to recognize toxicity Mm. because that's something that also follows me and my personal relationships too. Um, But I would agree, like this past year has given us that opportunity to make that shift. And um, I'm excited to be one of those, especially a woman opening a business or starting a business because we're tired of the bullshit. And, you know, one of the things that really hit home for me last year is Joseph Pilates says, is said, you have to be the architect of your own happiness. And I've just held on to that so much 
over the last year and getting back into what I want to do. Um, and so I do ask people all the time who've started their own business, like, do you feel the imposter syndrome? You make it seem so easy and everybody does. They say, yes, yeah. everybody does. Um, and so I know it's natural, <laughs> um, but it still makes it difficult on some occasions to find that motivation, mm -hmm. uh, to keep going. Um, so beautifully yeah. put. Yeah, absolutely. And I really want to thank you for speaking to when we've experienced any sort of trauma. And I think, you know, we can experience trauma around finances and around money and around um, not having enough that can really bring um, a somatic experience into the body of sort of like I shut down in moments where I'm afraid yeah. of the possibility of being back being in a space safe. where I didn't know I was going to be safe. I was going to have, you know, a place to live, food to eat. Those are real experiences that I start to experience like I would any other trauma in my body. And so I think I love that you named it. And I love that you have the ability to sort of differentiate, like, is this fear that's coming up based on, um, you know, what is true, like what I am able to do, not able to do, like we have to like, sometimes like actually pen to paper, like what would it look like if the worst case scenario, like what would I do? Like play out the fear that starts to come up um, so that I can like sort of send that message to my nervous system. Here's how I would be okay, right? Like here's the tools and the skills that I have now that um, I've gained through all of that fighting my way back into a space where I'm, I'm okay now and I would be able to do that again. And I love what you said about, um, you know, being the architect of my own life because if there is something that I have this strong desire to do, I believe, Nicole, that is because that is what the world needs from you. Yeah. So it becomes a little bit like when I feel the fear come up, I drop into the space of love and say, but like, what is love telling me is my next steps in terms of what I'm building. And it sounds like that's, that's already the path that you're on. Well, and also service, right? right? Like if, if we, if we believe and we tap into this idea that when you have that felt sense of like, oh, this is it, like, this is what really gets me going. There's so much information than that, that is so much bigger than anything we can understand or put words to. And so sometimes if that imposter syndrome comes up and we take ourselves out of the equation, you know, and, and look at it more as like, this is coming through me mm. and who am I to shut this out and not share it with the world. Right. It does. Yeah. It takes us out of it. Like there's a little bit of, um, and it's not to say that we're being selfish, like this is all very normal, but it does help us bring it back. Right. Like bring it to that macro and say like, Oh, this is so much bigger than me feeling uncomfortable, you know? And I, you know, to the point you're making the, I, I find that we can sometimes be braver for others than we can for ourselves, right? Like I can make this happen for you, but if it's just about me, I can get a little stuck in where I'm afraid. But if like some, someone I care about, or even like society at large is somehow going to benefit from what mm -hmm. I can offer and how I can be of service, then I'm able to sort of get out of my own way a little bit mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah, it's always so much easier to do for others. Totally. Yeah. I mean, no matter what situation. Yeah, totally. and it just is, right? Like, I don't think we're ever going to solve that conundrum. Right. Like, let's just use it to our advantage. And if that's <laughs> what we need to get motivated, then fine, so be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely recognize that now, um, where I have been paying more attention to what do I need mm -hmm. 
um, instead of what do others need. Um, and I can at least recognize it. It doesn't make it easy, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, another slap on the wrist, <laughs> pinch myself, whatever. Right. Maybe a soft pinch, maybe not a slap. <laughs> Let's bring that compassion back into play, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think it is like, I can hold myself with compassion because again, this is like what we're conditioned. This is survival to do, too. Right? right. Like this is who we were trained to be. Like yeah. we've, we've done what we were taught very well. And now that we recognize it, it's not what I have to do anymore. Like I'm actually allowed to stand in my power. I'm actually allowed to go after the things I dream of doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think that's, that's such an exciting, like you're like right there on the precipice. It's like the most exciting moment. Yeah. Yeah. I am excited about it. I'm more excited than I, than not. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just those moments where it's doesn't matter how you talk to yourself. It just, <laughs> it's, still it's not brave if you're not scared. Right. Yeah, that's true. And, and to kind of pull this back into like that, that dating conversation, I mean, you are moving forward consciously into a life of, of presence and of purpose and of um, choice. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that in that space is where you find people that will match you or even maybe be a little bit above you that they're gonna kind of pull you along, right? Um, and so it, there becomes a little bit less of like a clinging or like a desperation and like, but I really wanna meet this person. I really wanna find this person. And it's more like, I'm actually leveling up everything right now. Like my emotional state, my, you know, everything. I mean, my relationship to finances, my relationship to myself and like what I need. And what comes along with that is a very different kind of attraction and very different kinds of people, even friends, right? Like energetically, it all shifts. You don't just shift one part of your life. And so, I, you know, I say that to almost say like, there, maybe find a little bit of faith in mm. you actually don't want to find that person yet. Cause like, that's, it wouldn't probably be your person. Like you're shifting so much that this is the space that you want to find a person, you know? Well, and when I'm birthing a baby, like sometimes I don't need to find a person. <laughs> that's the energy. Like that's what needs my energy yeah. right now. You know, yeah. like I need to give that all to my baby and you have something that you are really passionate about bringing to fruition into this world. So it feels appropriate. Yeah. 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 It's just, um, you know, those, uh, I actually have been pretty okay with wanting to date, but now like with COVID, it's like, well, how, like, I'm mm. not, you know, I'm not out meeting people. I'm right. in my same COVID crew. So we know the same people <laughs> online apps is just not something of that I can tolerate. Um, and so God, is, I had a dollar for every person. <laughs> that says that. Someone so. needs to develop something for those of us who don't want to do online dating. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a couple ideas, but <laughs> can you bring that to the world? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's just it's that practice, right? And it's that like, can I do this? Mm. Um, can I still do the work on myself while I'm in a relationship? Um, that's where the work happens, and that's right. And that's yeah, and that's something that it's 
I've, I have done over the last 20 years, but now I, I, this last year, the amount of growth has been astronomic. So yeah. um, it's just, it's a different level of working on myself um, and my, and now my business too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I would say that 20 years, the 20 years of tool development that you've had is going to make it, I mean, I'm, I'm not positive, but I would say it's probably going to make it less likely that at the first sign of being triggered, you're going to pull the escape hatch. Mm-hmm. Right. And so again, it becomes a little bit more like who you are now is so much more ripe for the challenge of being in a relationship. Cause let's be clear, y'all, the rainbows and butterflies don't last that long. This mm-hmm. shit is a challenge <laughs> and you are primed for the challenge. Whereas I don't know, maybe were you a year, five years ago, you know, um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, I wanted to put words to that because I, I feel like we have to also give ourselves, like, I've been doing this work for 20 years. I am, I've got a toolbox and it's like overflowing. Mm. Um, thank God, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My pockets are not big enough. <laughs> mm. um, I think what an exciting time in your life, you know? Um, and with excitement comes fear. Yeah. and discomfort, right? Like they, they yeah. all go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. With evolution, like the caterpillar is not comfortable as yeah. becoming a butterfly. It is a little like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> this is really scary. feels like a bit of an imposter and yet um, emerges able mm-hmm. to fly. And, you know, I, I feel like that's you right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's this um, muralist in South Florida and he uh, writes out your comfort zone will kill you. Mm. And I, I always love that because um, I, I am that awkward, uncomfortable person at a party. Amen. <laughs> there with you, sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, do us a favor because you are on the cusp. I want you to send us an email and keep us posted on how like I will, for sure. goes, you know, what's coming up. How does this, how does the birth continue to look? Um, you know, we're always curious. Maybe we'll even like have you on again, just to give us an update and take us through where you're at next because there will be a next, right? Yeah. yeah and thank definitely. you for sharing this mm-hmm. part of your journey. Cause I know you're not going to be alone in this, this feeling of like, you know, wanting to step into myself in this like next level of all of the tools and all of the things that I understand now being integrated. Of course. Thank you for having me on. This was great. And thank you for doing what you're doing. Your podcast is amazing. And I know it's, I recommend it to so many people. It's, it's just awesome what you do. Thank Aww, you. Thank Appreciate you. Okay. Keep us posted. Okay. Right. I will. Right, thank you. I swore a lot to that one. I'm sorry. I love it. I love it when you get New York on me. I'm so passionate. God, the corporate society needs to change. It is just like a vice around the neck of humans. (laughs) It's so true. I mean, just anyway. I was really grateful that you were in the room because I do think you draw from so much of your, um, your life experience in speaking to so much of what was coming up for her. But then I also was struck by how much of what she was saying are also like really universal themes, right? Around um, just like what we're conditioned to believe we're able to go for and Mm -hmm. be and like when something is like my knowing within my body, but because of the 
um, environment I'm in, I've been conditioned to question myself and that our knowing is always our knowing, you know? Right. And, you know, there's, there's like safety in that. I mean, we're, we're deconstructing so many deep rooted things, right? It's like, she's been through a lot. It sounds like in the, mm. I, in, in the world of like financial safety, just as an example. And so like you spoke to so beautifully when we were talking to her, that shit stays in the body. Like that is trauma. And so our body is wired to survive. And if I don't know or trust that I can survive without this thing, I'm going to cling to this thing, even though I know it's toxic. Um, and, you know, it's not like everybody out there has the um, ability or the privilege to say, like, I'm going to make this pivot and I'm going to work for myself. I wish we all did. Uh, but also, you know, I was thinking about this when we were talking and I, I wish I had said it, but I do think there's a middle ground that can be felt or had or found. Um, I don't think like, cause I left, I left my job, right. And broke out on my own. And I don't think that's the reality for like probably 95% of people out there. And I, I think that so much of it has to be, how do you find peace uh, and fulfillment? Maybe not fulfillment, but how do you find peace in an environment that might not actually be that healthy? Or how mm. do you try to change it um, in your own way, like in small ways that might not feel like, you know, the whole thing's going to topple if you do change it? Because there, we have to speak to the reality that many people live in, right? The financial reality. I don't know. Yeah. You know, whenever it comes to clients that are really struggling in a workplace that they're unhappy in and that they would like to leave, but they can't. Mm -hmm. I always think about that Maya Angelou quote that is, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude about it. Right. Right. So I think that if I can like either find a different way of working or a different um, way of being in this company or like some other way of changing the facts of my reality, then absolutely mm -hmm. do that. But if not, how can I hold myself in this environment differently? How can I shift the narrative of what I'm telling myself about who I am in this role, what this role means to me in the context of my life, right? Like mm -hmm. it might be, this is the season that I have to be in this work environment, or I hold this superior that I work for a little bit different. And I like, I don't internalize whatever right. the energy is that they're bringing to me, right? Like I tell myself a different story about what is true about our interactions. So I don't know if that feels helpful yeah, to anyone listening, but I feel like for me, that's always like how I try to approach the conversations when it feels like I can't leave. I have mm -hmm. to stay in this job and it's making me miserable. How can I sort of change the way I'm holding this, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin.